0: Hello and welcome to the Your Caring Docs podcast, where we provide general medical information about what's going on inside your body so you can feel well informed. And who doesn't want that? But keep in mind, we are not making any diagnoses here. And if you are concerned, please contact your medical provider. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. I hope you all can hear me. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs. So today we are going to go over something that's been going on in the news. I know it's causing a lot of people out of angst. They're like, whoa, I don't know. Should I put a pause to what I'm doing? Yes, 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 yes. Um, We are going to be talking about, of course, what's still prevalent going on right now, COVID, right? So now there's been a report that's been out over the last couple of weeks, right? They've been doing testing and they've noticed some cases with those who've been getting vaccinated, especially they've opened up the vaccination for the younger population, right? So these are the headlines for the last two days. So NPR has a headline saying that heart inflammation in the teens and young adults after COVID vaccine. That's a rare heart inflammation. Oh my God. That's what the CDC says. The CNBC, their highlight is CDC safety group says that there's likely link between the rear heart inflammation and young people and COVID vaccine. Oh my God. And then Reuters is like, hey, the FDA add warning about rear heart inflammation to Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So that's what's been going on. So I know out there you're probably like, whoa, yes, with all of this going on, I don't know if I want my kids getting vaccinated, blah, you know, all of these concerns. So let's go over some of these things. First of all, what are these rare vaccines and how many cases of these rare, not the vaccines should say, so these rare inflammations, and how many cases did they get? And how many cases does it normally occur if someone's not even getting vaccinated, just in the regular everyday pre-COVID times, right? So let's go on and figure this out. So we are talking about the two rare heart inflammatory issues, which are myocarditis and pericarditis. I know you're like, I don't even know what myocarditis and pericarditis is. I'm already scared about this whole COVID thing. Now they're adding all of this. They're asking us to get our kids vaccinated, They're asking us to get vaccinated. And now they're telling me about something that I don't even know about. I know it's adding a lot, a lot of pressure and angst, but don't worry. We're gonna go over it, okay? That's what we're here for, to enlighten you, make you feel empowered, so you know what's going on. Alrighty, so, like we said, possible link between Pfizer COVID vaccine and rare heart inflammation, which is myocarditis and pericarditis. So this is what we know right now. Of the amount of um, cases, of these rare um, heart inflammatory issues, there are 12.6 per 1 million cases, 12.6 per 1 million. So there were 309 people who were hospitalized and of the 309, 295 were discharged. So we are already talking about a very, 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 very low, low, low amount, right? Super, super, super tiny amount. And then Let's go over what is myocarditis in the first place. So myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscles. So the, it's in the word myo is the medical term for muscles. And carditis, card is the medical term for the heart. And itis, I-T-I-S, is an inflammation, right? So this is an inflammation of the heart muscles, myocarditis right? So you have a normal heart here. And when the muscles, so these are the ventricles down here, you're seeing part of the muscles, they become inflamed, the ITIS, inflammation of the muscles. That's what's called myocarditis. Okay. So what causes myocarditis? On a regular basis, myocarditis is caused by viral infections. Mm -hmm. Usually there's a Kaxaki virus, that's a very, very common one, is caused by bacterial infections, parasitic infections, fungal infections. So it's not just like, oh, this vaccine is the only thing that can cause this. You can get a viral infection and it can cause myocarditis. There are also some drugs, right? some illegal drugs like um, cocaine and all those, heroin, things like that. They can cause um, myocarditis. Seizure medications. They can be side-effective medications that you already take. Yes. Um, Chemicals, carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm -hmm. That can cause um, myocarditis also. And we talked about carbon monoxide poisoning in a previous episode. So if you'd like to go, you can go and check out that previous episode of um, carbon monoxide poisoning. also diseases that cause general inflammation within the body, such as lupus. So lupus is a disease process that can also cause myocarditis, right? So in addition to it being linked to the COVID vaccines, um, the Pfizer or Moderna, these are other issues just regularly that can cause myocarditis. So, so what is the normal rate of myocarditis? So 10 to 20 cases per 100,000 people. That's from the NIH. So it's rare and it's still even rarer, right? So the Kakasaki B virus, as we mentioned, um, can cause that. And myocarditis on a regular, it's usually found in young, healthy people, right? Um, A lot of times they said that there are probably a lot of us who've had viral infections, have had myocarditis. We just kind of got better and didn't even know that that's what was going on because it caused some of the symptoms can vary from very mild to very severe. Um, Children, pregnant women are more um, susceptible and so are those who are immunocompromised, right? So what are the symptoms of myocarditis? Chest pain. A lot of us get chest pain, right? Chest pain, rapid or abnormal heartbeat, sudden shortness of breath, especially if you're doing physical activities because the heart muscles are inflamed, right? So if they're trying to pump faster to give you all of this excess blood so that you can do your physical activities, it's probably not doing as effective as a job, so you feel short of breath. Some people might start retaining fluids in their lower extremities, having um, other signs of viral infection, because like we said, infections are usually the majority of the causes of that. So you might have like headache, body ache, joint ache, things that you would normally have with a viral infection. What are some of the symptoms of myocarditis in children? So children might start having fever, fainting, breathing difficulties, the heart starts to beat faster or they're breathing faster. Um, normally, and they might have arrhythmias, right? So how does one diagnose myocarditis? So you diagnose it by its physical exam. What's the physical exam? You go, you're telling us the history. Hey doc, you know, I've noticed that I've had this viral infection, my upper respiratory infection, or I've been coughing, I had a fever. And then I'm starting to notice that my heart's beating faster. I'm starting to notice that like, you know, my additional ache, I'm more short of breath, I'm more this. So a physical exam is then done. And then their blood work that's done, right? Blood work that's done, if you're having like the chest pain, in addition to all of that, they usually send up what's called cardiac enzymes. That's part of the blood work. Why? We're looking for signs that they're damaged to the heart. When the heart gets damaged, then the tissues or the little blood vessels in that area, they kind of rupture and its contents goes out in the blood. And that's what we check when we're checking those cardiac enzymes, right? So looking for signs of infection, they might look for antibodies. If it's related to an anti, um, such as like lupus or any other, those anti-inflammatory or rare diseases, they might look for antibodies. Um, EKGs are done, chest X-ray. Here's a chest X-ray of someone who has um, myocarditis. So what's noticed is that the heart is enlarged. So young, healthy person, normal heart have a normal what we call a heart silhouette so it looks normal on the chest x-ray if it's enlarged then that gives a sign like hmm in addition to everything that this person has talked about there's a possibility that they might have myocarditis and echo which is an ultrasound of the heart can also be done and they might even do a biopsy doing the biopsy you can look and then the pathologist will look at the slides and then say yes i see the inflammation and all the signs of inflammation correlating to myocarditis, right? So that's done. So how does one treat myocarditis? We treat the underlying cause, right? So we talked about the various causes of myocarditis. You have um, viral infection, bacterial infection, fungal infection. You might have a flare-up of an autoimmune inflammatory disease, such as lupus. Um, You... So if you're having any of those, then you're gonna treat those underlying causes. If it is a bacterial infection, then you're gonna treat the um, bacterial infection, right? If it's a fungal infection or parasitic infection, then you're gonna treat those. If it's a flare up of the autoimmune inflammatory issues such as lupus, then you're gonna treat that, right? So in doing that, you help to treat the underlying cause and therefore treat and get the heart to get better. Now, in some rare cases, Of myocarditis. Myocarditis can be so severe that it can cause heart failure and it might cause arrhythmia, which is irregular heartbeat of the heart, right? So it's hearts beating irregularly, such as arrhythmia or um, some common arrhythmias that you might have heard, which is not directly related to myocarditis, but so that you can understand what an arrhythmia is, you might have heard atrial fibrillation or supraventricular tachycardia. I have SVT. That Those are arrhythmias. That means the heart is beating faster or it's not beating at its normal rhythm, right? It's irregular rhythm. That's arrhythmia, right? So if that's going on, then you're going to get treated with medications to help to treat heart failure and those arrhythmias. We do have a previous video on heart failure if you would like to check that out so that you can see what are some of the other ways that we can treat um, heart failure, right? What are some of the ways that that's done? So remember, if and very, very rare cases, so myocarditis is rare within itself, and even within the rare case of myocarditis, you might have severe myocarditis because most people just recover on their own and they just go about their daily life. But just very, 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 very small percentage of those people, they might have the severe form of it and therefore develop heart failure. Right. Good to know. So the next thing that they're talking about, so they said myocarditis is a correlation between that and the vaccine and pericarditis. So we just talked about myocarditis, and then now we're talking about pericarditis. And it's just like, what is pericarditis? I don't even understand what that means, right? Pericarditis, let's break this word down. So peri means around, card, the heart, itis, itis, and inflammation. So pericarditis is an inflammation around the heart. So the heart itself is actually sitting in a sac and that sac is called the pericardium. And when there's an inflammation of that pericardial sac, then it's called pericarditis, right? So pericarditis is an inflammation of that sac, which is one of the things that they say that they see a correlation between some of the COVID vaccine and the young children young adults I should say, um, that end myocarditis. So what causes pericarditis? On a regular basis, pericarditis is usually caused by like heart surgery, why? If you're cutting the sac, you're touching it, you're irritating it, therefore it can become inflamed, right? And then heart attack. When someone has a heart attack, their heart is already getting damaged, that particular part of the heart damage is a rare um, thing that can occur, when the person is, um, they're healing from that heart attack in the first couple or so weeks that can cause an inflammation of that same heart sac and pericarditis. Um, Infections, like viral infections can cause pericarditis, right? Um, Inflammatory disorders. So just like lupus can cause myocarditis, it can also cause Pericarditis. Yes, other infections such as AIDS, tuberculosis can cause pericarditis and even trauma, right? If you hit or there's any trauma, penetrating trauma or anything to the sac of the heart, then it can become inflamed and therefore we have pericarditis. So what are the symptoms of pericarditis? So there's usually pain within the chest and you feel the pain either. They say behind the breastbone. Another word for the breastbone is the sternum, right? That's right in the middle. It's one of the strong bones to help to protect the chest wall. And you might also know that you have some pain on the left side of the heart if your heart's on the left side, right? (laughs) And um, you might have pain that's spreading up to your shoulders, to your neck. Um, A lot of time a Um, people might notice that they have um, pain when they're coughing or they're lying down. Anything that moves around that area, it causes a lot of discomfort, but they'll notice that they'll have a relief, which is very, very, very important in diagnosing pericarditis. So you'll have pain that's worse when you're lying flat, but it improves when you lean forward, right? Worse, lying flat, improves with leaning forward that's one of those diagnostic things that we look at and we listen for for and when we're doing our physical exam to check for for pericarditis so additional you might have swelling to the legs like we said if the heart is damaged or it's not functioning as well at that point in time you'll have swelling in the legs and it's all related to when we talked about um congestive heart failure type symptoms, cough, fatigue. Um, if you are having um might still have some low-grade fever with that, because we said like infections can cause a pericarditis, so you might notice some signs of infection with that, pounding heart, right? It's pounding within the sac, and you'll notice the shortness of breath. Um, and we already talked about the discomfort with lying flat. So How do you diagnose pericarditis? Physical exam, I'm listening to you. You tell me, doc, this is what I'm feeling. Man, you know, I've had this infection. I've been coughing, coughing, coughing. It really hurts when I cough. Okay, that happens pretty often. When I'm laying back, oh my God, it feels horrible. But when I sit up, you know, that pain in my chest gets better. Spidey scents start going off, right? So get what blood work looking for signs of infection. We talked about we look for signs of any damage to the heart area by the cardiac enzymes, the um looking for infectious antibodies, all that stuff, right? Also, EKG. So the EKG can give a little diagnostic. Um, sense. It doesn't happen all the time, but there's some signs in the EKG that might point out to someone having pericarditis. So we'll get an EKG, get a chest x-ray, might even get an echo, right? Echo, because you're looking at the chambers of the heart, seeing if the heart's beating properly. Are there any irregular movements going on? Looking at CAT scans or even MRI. So those are some of the ways that you would diagnose a pericarditis. Most commonly, the first couple ones. We're listening to your story, we're doing the physical exam, getting that EKG blood work and some echo, right? Or chest x-ray. And giving us an idea like, okay, this is most likely what's going on. Now, how do you treat pericarditis? So pericarditis is an inflammation around the sac of the heart. So you treat it with anti-inflammatories, right? So anti-inflammatories are used to treat pericarditis, such as ibuprofen, Aleve, Motrin, those are roughly within the same category, or it might step up to something a little bit stronger like colchicine, right? That's another anti-inflammatory. You might've heard colchicine in your life, but I thought i use it for gout. Yes, because gout's another inflammatory process. So colchicine can be used, and the is another one that might be used, and steroids. Steroid is another in- anti-inflammatory, right? So steroids. So these are some of the ways that um, one would treat pericarditis. Now you're like, why are we discussing all of this? I'm already like so stressed out about COVID and the vaccine and about getting my kids vaccinated. My young adult telling my, you know, adult son, like, yes, you are my 25, my 23 year old, go get, make sure you get the vaccine. And then now you're telling me that there's this rear heart issue that can come up. Why am I getting all this? Why should I tell them to still get vaccinated? Why? Because at this point in time, most of the people who are vaccinated are the older adults, right? Because they were like roughly the first group that the vaccine, you rolled out the vaccine to get them who are some of the most vulnerable in the population. With that being said, within May, like 33% of the COVID cases in the United States ended up being those who were young children between the ages of 12 and 29. why? Because the older population have already gotten most of their vaccine, right? So now with the younger population are being exposed and there's a new variant out that you've probably heard about this Delta variant of the COVID virus that's out and it's 60% more transmittable than the regular Alpha variant which is the one that we all talked about initially, right? So it's spreading faster in counties where 30% or less of the population is fully vaccinated. So this Delta variant is going on a spiral and the concern is that with this low vaccination rate that's going on now, that Delta variant is gonna increase, right? So we're gonna talk more about the Delta variant at another time. So this is just a preview for the next video, which we'll have next week. So keep this in mind, right? When you're concerned, which is rightfully so, of the COVID vaccine and the rare heart inflammation is that 12.6 out of 1 million, 12.6, right? Per 1 million cases, right? 12.6. It's still very, very, very low, right? And there's 10 to 20 cases per 100,000 on a regular of myocarditis. So 12.6 per 1 million cases. So it's still very, very, very low. And therefore, it's still very important for you to get vaccinated, right? So let's go ahead and get this done so we can stay healthy, right? So Do you want more of this info? Let me know, leave a comment, leave a comment. And what did you take from today's information? Let me know. Please, please, please hit the like button and leave a comment. Do you know anyone who will benefit from this info? Please share it with that person, right? It's important for all of us to be educated, to feel empowered, and to feel like we're making informed decisions, right? And that's what this is all about. You understanding what's going on so you can make informed decision. So I hope you are enjoying all of these great goodies and information that I'm presenting on this Your Caring Docs channel. Please do not forget to subscribe to our Your Caring Docs YouTube channel. That's www.youtube/slash u r c slash U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S, right? Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bubble Bing, bing, bing. So you are aware when we present new information or new videos. I do want to let you guys know that we have a special, special portion of Your Caring Docs that's coming up. We're going to have a podcast section of the Your Caring Docs, Docs Who Cares interviews. So that's going to be coming up soon. So you look out for that where we'll be interviewing some of our docs around the world who are caring docs. So Your Caring Docs, Docs Who Care. I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs, and I look forward to seeing you guys next time with some great information. Please do not forget to leave a comment. You have been listening to the Your Caring Docs podcast with Dr. Tamara Beckford. We hope you got some great info, and we will see you next time.